So this whole episode is just one big healthy dose of tough love about trust and control. If at work you need to be involved in every little decision, if you always need to be in the know, then you are in control mode, not trust. Which also means that you are failing as a leader. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Conscious Business. Today, we're going to talk about a really important topic. I know that for some of you, you're not going to like it because it's going to challenge you to let go of something that you really believe is giving you comfort. We're going to talk about control and our obsession to want to control everything in business and in life. And I hear this all the time with my clients. They say things like, you know, I just, I feel so out of control now. If I could, if I could just get back in control again, if I could just control things, then, you know, then I'll be happy. The truth is control is one of the greatest misconceptions. It gives us this false sense that we have power. We think if we can control everything, then we can really shield ourselves from suffering and pain and just be happy all the time. The truth is that control is not our natural destiny as humans. It doesn't even actually exist. It doesn't, I promise you. It's a lie that lives in our society and it leads us to believe that if we can find a way to control everything, then we'll be able to protect ourselves, to shield ourselves from anything bad ever happening to us. But before we dive into this topic, on control. And it's a big one. It's a juicy one. And I just want to warn you, it might hit some buttons today. And before I dive into this episode on control, I want to just say thank you and really acknowledge your patience. I took the entire month of May off from the podcast and I knew that I really needed to take a break. I was maxed with a couple client projects and I needed to focus on a couple personal things. One of which was the one year anniversary of my dad passing, which is I think a perfect topic to bring up because grief is one of the greatest places where we try to exert control in our life. We think, we make up this BS story in our head, right? That that this huge life-changing traumatic event has happened to us, has shaken up everything that we know and love. And you know what? I'm just going to continue business as usual and not let this impact me at all. Oh, really? (laughs) That's what you think you might be doing. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you remember what I went through last year in May and how when my dad died, it just absolutely broke my heart. It felt like the bottom just fell out for my world. And this is such a perfect example of control being an illusion because I was so overwhelmed with grief and everything that really surfaced as a result of his death that I felt like I was out of control. And so in order to get control back in my life, I shifted to this pattern, this default pattern for me of being a workaholic, right? Of just throwing myself into my work, thinking that that would give me control, but I was so wrong. That's the thing with grief. It never really goes away. You don't ever get to step over it. 
It just waits around for you patiently until you're ready to process it. So having this one-year anniversary last month, well, it was a really good check-in for me. I did a lot of reflecting, and I'm able to see now really clearly what this pattern um, was at surface, this pattern of being a workaholic, right? So I just want to say thank you. Thanks for your patience. And I'm so excited to be back on track with this podcast, and I have a couple of really juicy episodes coming up. So control is our topic today. And oh boy, this is a good one. This might just be a lesson that you really needed to hear today. Or maybe you tuned in to listen for, you know, like for a friend uh, who happens to be a really big control freak. And maybe you want to just be able to better understand them or be able to nudge them in the right direction. Now, as I said before, control is one of the biggest misconceptions in our society, especially in the corporate world. It's even more dangerous there because it masks itself in high performance and hierarchy and the incessant need to be in the loop and know everything that's going on. And we can sometimes use the excuse of needing to know and not liking surprises to mask our stealth addiction to control. So every day I see clients struggling to control their environment, to control their team members, to control their company, their clients. It's a slippery slope. And the scary thing is that many people perceive control as actually a positive thing. But I'm here today to reign all over your parade and tell you the truth, which is that control is not a positive thing. It's not. It's not good. It's actually not even something that you should strive for. Control is an illusion. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First, I'm going to reveal the biggest sign that someone is being a control freak. In the second segment, I'm going to explain why control is so dangerous. And then in the third segment, I'm going to share the best antidote for control. So, get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? All right, I want to start by revealing the biggest sign that you're being a control freak. Now, just to be clear, make sure we're on the same page. Trying to control your life is not, I repeat, is not a good thing. Because control is really an illusion. It's just a mental construct created by your ego to distract you, to give you this false sense of security in your life. We think that control is something that you can strive for. It's a place that you can get to, but it isn't. It's just a distraction. So how do we know what is that sign that we are trying to control things? Well, the biggest sign that you or someone else is trying to control things is this simple phrase. Maybe you've heard it recently or maybe you've said it recently. Here it goes. You know, I'm not a control freak, but when was the last time you heard someone say that? And it can be used in the front of any statement. I'm not a control freak, but I really need to be present at all those meetings. I'm not a control freak, but I really need you to copy me on any email that you send to the SVP. You know, I'm not a control freak, but I just want to know what you'll be spending the budget on before you spend it. 
I'm not a control freak, but actually, yes, you are. You are a control freak because only a control freak says I'm not a control freak. But that one simple statement is so telling. I know that you might think it's kind of ridiculous that people are actually telling themselves, but they do. It's such an obvious way. So if you watch closely enough, you're going to notice this. You're going to notice that people always show you who they are, or in this instance, they tell you who they are. And it's up to us to pay attention really closely and to listen to what they're telling us. Now, I have to confess, I am intimately familiar with this statement, (laughs) with this confessional, because guess what? I used to be a total control freak. With any creative project or campaign, my mantra always used to be, you know, it's either perfect or it's not done yet. So I was so bought into this lie, I remember believing that I could control things if I just worked hard enough, if I just knew what was going on and knew all the details. And, you know, I got to tell you, control is not a destination that I ever arrived at. Even though I tried, I tried really hard. Now, I thought this striving for control gave me peace of mind, but it didn't. Think about it. It's kind of sad, isn't it? Who wants to live in a world without surprises? Because it's always the surprises that make for the best stories and the best memories. Think about your greatest stories from a family wedding or vacation or a road trip. The juiciest stories don't come from when everything went exactly according to plan. Oh no, the best stories come from the surprises when things didn't go according to plan. This is what makes life so interesting. Now for me, once I became conscious of this pattern of my misguided desire to control everything, I realized how flawed it was. So now when I catch myself trying to control things or having things done my way and being really attached to that, I recognize this, I recognize this pattern, and then I let it go. Or I have someone else name it for me in a very loving way and just presence it. So to recap, the next time you hear someone say, I'm not a control freak, but what they're actually saying is, hey, listen up. I am a total control freak and I'm about to exert my control freakiness like all over you. Remember, nothing says I'm a total control freak like someone telling you that they're not a total control freak. Okay, so now that we've established the warning sign of someone trying to control, it's time to give you some tough love about control. Here's the deal. Control is an illusion, not a destination. Now, I know some of you don't really want to hear that, so I'm going to say it again. Control is an illusion, not a destination. So do yourself a favor and let go of this need or desire to try to control. It's simply a mirage that's projected by our ego. It's not actually a destination. It's not a behavior that we should strive for because it doesn't actually exist. Here's three reasons why control or us striving for control is so dangerous. Reason number one, we deny ourselves the best possible outcome. So when we try to control things, it is really dangerous because we get narrowly focused on things playing out exactly the way that we envisioned them for ourselves. Now, when we do this, 
We miss out on opportunities that we might not have seen for ourselves. We miss out on all the permutations, all the other combinations that might be bigger or better than what we could have imagined for ourselves. And if we're too narrowly focused on what the best solution we think is, then we miss out on seeing all these other solutions and options that might not be in our direct line of sight. So bottom line, when we're narrowly focused on controlling the outcome on one single solution, we miss out on all the other ones. They might be grander, they might be better, they might be easier. So let's just put this into perspective for a second. Yes, we do have the ability to impact how we show up in life and control what we do. However, we cannot control the actions of the billions of other people on this planet or of universal design or karmic debts, let alone Mother Nature or evolution. Yes, you are awesome and you can control how you show up, but there are a lot of other uncontrollable variables that you can't impact. All right. The second reason why control is so dangerous is that we get overly attached to the certainty of knowing. And this is a big distraction. The thing with control is that it's driven by our ego, which means that we have this incessant need to want to be right all the time. To be surprised, this might not necessarily give us that ego hit. Have you ever been in a situation where someone gets really, really attached to an idea or having things being done their way, even though it's a really bad idea, but they get so far down the path of what it is and they've invested so much time going down that wrong path that they just keep marching forward down the wrong path because of the investment that they've made. It's kind of ludicrous, isn't it? So this is decision-making that happens from the ego. You can tell because it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So when we need to uphold our own importance, it isn't us deciding what's best for us or for our business. We're just addicted to the feeling or the satisfaction of being right rather than doing what is truly best for us. In the Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, Deepak Chopra always says, do not force solutions on problems because then you end up creating new problems, which is so true. When we try to force solutions, we're trying to control and we're cutting ourselves off from universal intelligence. Okay, reason number three why control is so dangerous is that we undermine our true potential. Remember that we are all here on this planet and deserve the highest potential in this lifetime. We deserve abundance. We deserve happiness. We deserve unconditional love, unlimited opportunity. What we imagine for ourselves is what we deserve and so much more. Seriously, we are programmed for abundance. But when we strive to control things, We actually shut ourselves off from the natural flow of abundance. And while we're here, let's talk about the side effects of control. Let's also talk about complaining. Because complaining about things that are out of your control is just insanity. Because when we do this, it's an absolute waste of time. You know how we say worrying is like praying for things that you don't want to happen? Well, complaining is like asking for more of what you don't want right? You're giving all your energy to it. You're focused on it, which is just going to attract more of it. 
Now, if you resist change because you feel like you're not in control of what is happening, then you're basically fighting against universal design, which always, always, always has your best intention in mind. But you're missing out on it because you're too focused on how to control what you think things should be. So when you resist change, you're kind of like Sisyphus, right? Pushing that massive boulder up a hill. When you get near the top, it just rolls back down again. So let's bottom line here. Control is an illusion. And there are three reasons why control is so dangerous. First, we deny ourselves the best possible outcome, right? Because we get stuck on what we see for ourselves. Two, we get really attached to the certainty of knowing, and this causes us to miss out. And number three, we undermine our true potential. And lastly, don't resist change. Don't be Sisyphus pushing that boulder up the hill. Remember instead that amazing John Kabat-Zinn quote, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. Okay, by now you understand that when we try to control things, it's dangerous because we get too focused on things going exactly the way that we envision them for ourselves. This makes us miss out on opportunities that are bigger or better than what we envisioned. So now I want to give you an antidote to control. So just like the opposite of fear is love, the opposite to control is trust. Now, I often explain trust and control to my clients as two different sides of one coin, and they really truly are. Think of a coin toss. You throw up a coin in the air, and it's either going to land as heads or tails. It's never going to land as both. So when you let go of control, then you can embrace trust. When you trust, it means that you believe in universal design. You believe in a power that is greater than you and more intelligent. You believe in collective consciousness. So control and trust are two very, very, very different things. If you fully trust something or someone, there's no need to ever try to control the situation or control the person. And love is the only true emotion that exists. Control, rather, is driven by fear. So fear and control essentially are the absence of love. What I've learned over the years is that we try to control what we don't trust or we don't understand. And this usually doesn't end very well. If you try to control something, it means by very nature that you do not trust it. We control what we don't trust. Now this gets really tricky in the corporate world because... Let's just name it. One of the greatest skills that we need to have as a leader is trust. And so when we find ourselves trying to control things at work, it means that there's a lack of trust, which means that we're failing as a leader. You see, no one ever says, ooh, you know, I really wish I had one of those command and control leaders who just told me what to do all the time and didn't care about my opinion or my input. I really just want someone who micromanages the heck out of me, who watches my every move and basically treats me like a child. No one ever says that, do they? No one ever wants that kind of a leader. They don't. Because no one wants to work in this type of an environment. This is what happens when we try to control people. This is how they feel. So let this episode 
be a wake-up call for you. It could be a healthy dose of tough love for you, or it could be something that you pass along to someone else. And it might sting a little bit, but it really needs to be said. If you have a need to control things at work, to know everything that happens, to be involved in every single decision that is made by your team, then you are in control mode and you are failing as a leader. And I know, I get it. We really want to know everything that goes on around us, especially if we're the ones, we are the ones who are ultimately responsible for it. But if you want to be a powerful leader, you have to empower your team. This means establishing trust in the relationships, in the people around you, then you no longer need to control them. See how that works? Now, sometimes I hear people say, well, you know, this person's new. They haven't really earned my trust yet. Or I don't know if they've really proven themselves yet. Well, take a really good look in the mirror because if the people that you've chosen to surround yourself with aren't people that you can trust, well, this might say even more about you and your leadership than it does about their trustworthiness. Just saying. Remember, trust is a two-way street. And in order to receive it, you've got to give it away to others. Like attracts like. So the antidote to control is trust. Trust and control are two different sides of a coin. They really truly are. If you let go of control, then you can embrace trust. Just like the opposite of fear is love, the opposite to control is trust. Okay, it's time to start wrapping up this episode on trust and control. There was a lot of tough love in here today, wasn't there? If you had an aha moment in this episode and you realize that you're in control mode, it's okay. I'm sending you a big hug. We've all been there. It's important that you've made it conscious, which is the first step that you've taken to changing the behavior right? Wouldn't you rather know now than find out like five or 10 years from now? Now that you know that you are in control, you can shift to the other side of the coin to trust, which is the antidote to control. And I'm not kidding. Most of us have been there. And sometimes I think that control is sort of like a default currency that we use in the corporate world. And we use it to give us confidence, right? Before we have a lot of experience under our belt. I know for me that I can draw confidence from my experience that I have today. It's easy for me to trust. It's easy for me to be humble, to admit that I was wrong. But when I was young, when I was inexperienced and just starting out, control was a default setting for me because I didn't have the self-awareness to know any different. It's kind of like that saying, you know, I'm not young enough to think that I know everything or the more that I learn, the less that I know. Remember, leadership is a journey. It's not a simple process that you arrive at and be accomplished. It's something that you're always working on. So thanks for tuning in today. I hope that you are taking something really, really valuable away from this episode. There's a lot to reflect on here. And I encourage you to share this episode with someone that you work with or someone that you have worked with in the past. 
Let them know what your big aha moments were and see if you can spark a good, healthy discussion on how you're stepping up to lead from trust instead of control. Remember that learning how to lead from trust instead of control will make you a more powerful leader. This process of learning who you are is the best business investment that you can ever make. Remember, when you lean into your fear, there's always magic on the other side. 